Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 253 for September 10th, 2023. Tonight we're going to discuss what happens when you let the past happen again. EV road trip with low energy. This German hologram is a real circus. Moving on up to the Jersey side. Nikola EV uh, Semi doubles as a barbecue. Full body MRI. Dune Spice Wars is going to launch this week. Apple may discontinue silicon cases. Silicone cases. Railroad inspectors alarmed by defects. And Bubble of Galaxies. Next. Did you hear the? No. Here, let me do that again. This is how the sausage is made, folks, and sometimes it's just plain messy. There you go. All right. So we only have 10 articles today. Wait, what? Yeah, everybody's heartbroken. Uh, I think we're all going to have to just grin and bear it. Uh, not really because of any particular reason. Um, but uh, I was going through the articles and, and just said, you know what? Let's try 10 tonight and see what happens. Um, okay, so we've got all 10. We're ready to go. Uh, preamble wise, not much. I was working on hometown and other projects, uh, in hometown. Um, so I, I can't even say that I, you know, sometimes there are people out there that do a show and they've got like, just chalk a block of preamble about how their day went. And I just don't know how they did it because, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really busy all day long <laughs> and I don't have some, strange set of stories uh that somebody is coming up with so anyway today was a really really slow day uh, and i had some really good watermelon but that's about it <laughs> <laughs> like amazingly good watermelon i guess as it's coming towards the end of the season um it's getting better but it's also gonna end soon so very sad that's for like locally grown watermelon. You can always buy it from a store, but it's just a, a, a pale, uh, <sighs> imitation barely. Right. It's not even a, it's a wannabe watermelon. They're small and flavorless usually. Anyway, this is the preamble that everybody really loves. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the first article. Very first article is a Minnesota meat processing plant that is accused of hiring miners agrees to pay $300,000 in penalties. This is why I titled the section, What Happens When You Let the Past Happen Again. We've been through this, folks. We've had children working in hazardous fields. We've learned that uh, our children aren't necessarily those that able to bounce back from traumatic in injury 
Um, they are your future and you're sending them off to work in meat processing plants as young as 13. <laughs> just ridiculous. You know, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get it from the family standpoint. I don't get it from the state standpoint. Yeah. The business uh, the, standpoint. The I just state, don't. state oversight, federal government oversight. But this is why we have oversight because people will abuse and abuse and abuse and others will capitulate because the only way they can get their get money into the household is by making everybody in the household work. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I am not ignoring that there are economic um, reasons why this might be happening, but it doesn't make it right. But it's predatory. It isn't economic in the sense that it this is good for business in the grand scheme of things. It's pure, it's good. It's good for greedness. That's about it. You shouldn't be having anybody in a meat processing plant. That's younger than 18, 18 and older 18 when they are the one that's, you know, arguably educated enough to make their own uh, decisions about what they're going to end up doing and the possibility of losing everything from a finger to their life because some greedy institution is saying, hey, let's let's put people in here that are 13, 14, 15. Even 16 is ridiculous. But this is by far not the only plant and not the only domain. This happens to be meat processing. Um, but let's go over, this is a Quartz article. Um, it's from AP News, aggregated into uh, Quartz, and then hometown um, has this little snippet. That's the little snippet that we... <laughs> the entire decision to include this into the show is based on this little snippet um, and its title and experience. You know, we have two years now of doing news, but we have years before that um, close to 25 years of talking about this kind of material. Um, and it, it came time where Marwat had to just start talking about the news publicly um, because it gets talked about, but I like doing it here live with people that might be of um, the same mind or counter and looking to find out, you know, what, what it's all about. So I hope I, um, uh, grab you and and pull you into hometown and uh you find your way over to hometown on twitch twitch.tv slash hometown um we're also over on youtube and all of that kind of stuff but um podcast is definitely there uh waiting for you uh over 500 and i think we're at 550 plus episodes uh now since the show started uh january 1st last year Anyway, um, this article uh, goes into what was going on in this um, meat processing plant. Uh, Tony Downs Food Company. They're so proud of this that the company's name is included in this, right? Like, yeah, we, we hired children as young as 13 to work as um, meat grinder operators um, overnight shifts, longer hours than allowed. Um, but you know, a, a person's name 
is the is running this company right it it, it is the masthead for this company tony downs food company <laughs> if i was tony downs or tony or downs who may if it's not too, even be aware of some of these practices and may not even exist you know, it, well, you know a true. lot of companies yeah. start up a a figurehead as not really being the it's just there for marketing um Anyway, it says in Tony, in, in this case, Tony Downs has agreed to, and it's funny that they refer to it as right. a person's name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tony Downs That's has agreed. That's why not to name it right after your name. Yeah, exactly. Um, in this case, Tony Downs has agreed to take part, important steps to prevent child labor violations. Important steps. How about have an, have an ethical compass? Um, yeah, that doesn't sound very committal. Yeah. Department Commissioner Nicole Blissenbach said in a statement, uh, quote, all employers should provide training to their employees to help recognize potential child labor violations and take steps to ensure they are not employing children in violation of state and federal laws. <sighs> so even the... the the AI is I am uh, just speechless. large language model just kind of tied itself in a knot and fell over unconscious. It Why do you, it's like the sexual harassment training. How, why do you need to be trained not to say and do these certain things that is always highlighted in every title nine training? It's always the same thing. Well, it's because there are people that don't necessarily treat other people well. But here, what I don't get is if you're the head of the company, set the tone and hire people. You can, I mean, you're, you can't tell if somebody's going to violate a law necessarily, but there sure. are red flags when you're hiring people like your managers. Yeah. The agency says um, the meatpacking uh, company employed at least eight children, ranging from 14 to 17. Now, the 17, I think, might be right on the cusp of this, but it's like a, it's a critical thinking thing here. You know, is this person actually suited for this job? Is everybody well informed about what this position entails? Um, but the law says that they're not allowed to be hired before they're 18. Right. But it says here, investigators exactly. have also identified other employees who were hired before they were 18 years old. The young employees, one of whom was 13 years old when hired, operated meat grinders, ovens and forklifts on overnight shifts and also worked in areas where meat products were flash frozen with carbon monoxide and ammonia. <laughs> um, that sounds very safe for kids to be around. So they were hired at 13. So how long had they been at the company and when they were discovered as compared to when they were actually hired, you know, cause it says one of whom was 13 when hired. Yeah. So obviously they were there past at least a you know, year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the investigation into Tony Downs began after the Minnesota Labor Department received a complaint about working conditions at the Medelia plant. 
Um, according to the complaint, investigators conducted an overnight inspection between January 26th and 27th, interviewed workers, documented working conditions, and contacted area school districts. The company also provided employee records through February. So the Labor Department found that Tony Downs was aware of the issue. So there you go. Um, they refer to Tony Downs as a, a name, but I don't know if this refers it seems to like it's the company the com from how yeah, they're right, using right. it yeah, yeah. So i don't I, think I they would name the like the ceo or owner or whatever yeah they should probably refer to it as it always in its tony downs food uh, company right frame. exactly yeah that way you don't have any misperceptions that there is some person out there named tony downs that was aware of this issue when maybe they were not um, but it may not matter. The simple fact is that this person or this company was hiring people as young as 13. We learn the worst lessons as a, as a species. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of thinking about like all the labor protections and I don't know, you know, the jungle and just all these things. And like you said, I just think we're going backwards here. Yep, everything old is new again. But how much money did they actually benefit from employing these children um, for X number of years? We really don't know how long they've been hired. Well, were they paying them even minimum wage, for the, example? I mean, they were, it sounds like they were illegal. Um, like they weren't employees. necessarily... Uh, authorized to be working for the, I don't mean because of the age, but right. because of their um, status, like yeah. were they in the country legally, et cetera. I mean, who knows? And all of this would have been numbers that were, were sent outside of the company for regulatory observation, tax and taxes, uh, social security numbers, um, benefits, et cetera. Right, but all that would have been false because these people were under false identities. So uh, right. who was auditing anything? I mean, yeah. I don't even mean at the local company, but you're right. Like what, what about yeah. payroll or whomever? How was any of that working? $300 seems pretty light. Hmm. 300,000. Right. Yep. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily on an EV road trip to promote green tech. The U S energy secretary and her entourage couldn't find enough electric vehicle chargers. That's right. Um, this has kind of been discussed off and on. Um, the U S secretary of energy went on a road trip to promote electric vehicles. Jennifer Granholm and her team ran into a predictable snag, the lack of EV chargers. The obstacle even caused the police to get involved at one point in the trip. Um, let's just bounce on over to <clears throat> businessinsider.com. Katie Belovic is the author. And um, there's a picture of the energy secretary. Um, I don't know, maybe getting into an EV of some kind. I don't know what that Hopefully one is. Hopefully an EV and not a gas power. Yeah, totally jumping into a nice vehicle. Yeah. Screw this EV stuff. I'm getting into an internal combustion engine vehicle and getting out of here uh, in five minutes. Um, so the obstacle even caused the police to get involved, huh? Indeed, there were only about three electric vehicle charging ports for every 10,000 people in the United States, less in Wyoming. Um, 
when the U.S. Secretary of Energy and her team embarked on a road trip, the lack of energy uh, electric vehicle chargers was the big problem. Sna- it hit a snag in Grovestown, Georgia. The group was planning a quick charge when they realized that there uh, wouldn't be enough electric vehicle chargers to go around since one was broken and the others were in use. Golly. Huh. You know what doesn't happen? When you have a fast charging uh, battery swap service instead of exactly umbilicals? Jeez. Huh. Oh, there was a hilarious, sorry, there was a little video on the side of this article about Chris Rock getting slapped. And uh, on NPR over the weekend, uh, there was a joke about how Chris Rock was at uh, Burning Man and, and seen holding the hands of people because if he didn't, he would be slapped. <laughs> oh. So that's why he holds people's hands. <laughs> I see. Well, I didn't even see that off to the side. I was yeah. reading the story about why the police were involved. Yeah. So why were the police involved? So somebody on their team blocked a, a charger with a gas car to save a spot and a family with a baby complained and called the police that had an EV, except there's not a law against that. So they couldn't act. <laughs> I bet no, there will be now. There's an ethical, there's an ethical dilemma oh, there yeah, just because yeah. you're, you know, some government, whatever, doesn't mean that you should be a complete a-hole and block a charging port so that somebody else could get it. One of your entourage. I mean, it's the same type of D-bag move of somebody running over and blocking a parking spot with their body at a Walmart. Now, anyway, I'll leave that alone. But any place where a human person... A human body goes in and acts as a shield for a parking spot. You're a d bag. You're not. You're not doing some great good. You're a selfish, loathsome person, and that's exactly what this was. So, because there's no law, the optics of this Department of Energy spud decided. Oh well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to block this instead of realizing they work for the freaking public. If they have to suffer a little bit because the public is actually utilizing the service, you get the hell out of the way. What a horrible person. (laughs) Ultimately ceding the spot to the family and relegating some of their own vehicles to slower charging parts. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Wow. Zero respect. Right there. Well, I should say respect lost. Not that there's zero respect. You're still a human being. Uh, But you just lost a whole lot of respect. You literally work for the people. Your paycheck is because of somebody paying you via taxpayer dollars. And you charge block somebody. (laughs) Dumbass. Anyway. um, Let's keep on going. There isn't much more to this other than the fact that um, <laughs> EVs are not ready for prime time. Now I understand it will grow. I understand it's going to be a slow, uh, ploddingly, achingly slow, uh, deployment, much like charging the battery itself. But for crying out loud, I, I think we need to 
change the technology because this is way high friction, way high to sit there for hours on end on any 24 hour trip. You can't go eight hours without having to pull over and sit for two. Agreed, but I just realized something else about this effort. I mean, obviously, this is drawing attention to it's not ready, etc. Mm -hmm. I just realized one of their entourage was driving a gas-powered car. <laughs> like, I lost that in the whole police story, but isn't that kind of working against your messaging? That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, you couldn't lean on it. You couldn't be totally into the EV side of things because... This would have happened. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so I'm going to go on to the next uh, article. And um, if we need to come back and talk about this again, I'm sure there will be more news about it. Let's keep on hustling. So the next article is over in the Mobile Channel. German Circus replaces live animals with holograms. Um, there isn't much to the snippet. It just says the smell of sawdust and popcorn fills the air. The clowns, acrobats, and magicians are all in place. But the animals are all holograms. Now, I love the idea of this only because it embraces technology and it saves animals from being used uh, literally as circus animals. Um, but I feel like there's going to be people that are more interested in the tech than in the animals um and something will be lost in translation about this and i'm not talking about it being german uh raphael oh, well, thanks for the clarification logaro and sebastian ash um, are the authors of this article over at fizz.org i'm not sure what organization they're from um but i don't recall ever seeing the byline framed like that capital last names anyway um as the audience as the audience are guided to their seats inside the big top all the classic elements of the circus are there except one the live animals have been replaced by holograms due to concerns over animal welfare germany's ron Kali circus stopped using lions and elephants in its shows in 1991 but it went further in 2018 and completely removed live animals from its program so it's already been doing this for five years. This is the first that I've heard of it. It's no longer appropriate for Ron Colley to show live uh, real animals in the circuit or in the ring. Circus boss Patrick Philadelphia, uh, 49, told the AFP. I'm odd that that's they... an odd last name, don't you think? Philadelphia, yeah. It it it's almost. Like uh, one of those, the robot decided to take that name kind of a thing, you know? <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. now's the time where you get to choose your identity. I want to be Patrick Philadelphia. The The oddest thing about this was that they disclosed the name, the age of the person, as if that is something that's substantial to the Right, it doesn't show. have any relevance to this article. Like, <laughs> I could understand the ages in the meatpacking article. Yeah, yeah. But this, it's about holograms and live animals. and <laughs> It was a critical detail to make sure to include. <laughs> yeah, it, it added context to the discussion. Um, I, maybe it's like kind of a jab at, well, not all of the olds are yeah, not tech savvy. 
yeah i don't know maybe i mean i don't know where that's going <laughs> yeah it's weird um the nomadic character of circus life uh was also a strain for animals like horses which had to be loaded onto wagons and then driven to the next town this is no longer this no longer made sense for the animal protecting circus for an animal protecting circus um said philadelphia not the city um, Ezra and Kali looked for ways to preserve the magic of animals uh, for children, a show in which Justin Timberlake collaborates with a hologram of the late prince triggered the idea to turn to 3D imagery. Interesting. Um, so if you can project someone who's no longer living onto a holographic screen, why can't you do it with an animal, a horse, an elephant? So that's where the idea came from. So now AI is going to be in control of wild animals in the circus hologram. That'll be interesting. Now, see now <laughs> the reason why, well, I don't know. An, an elephant hologram isn't going to be the same as a real life hologram. You're just, they've been doing it for five years, so it must be working. Um, but I feel like you're not going to get the same level of energy from you know, a hologram. Right. I, I wonder what that's like for the, the audience. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if they uh, send me a ticket, I'll fly to Germany and check it all out. Um, the absence of animals has become a draw in itself. Quote, I never heard of uh, Ryan Coll Ron Colley, um before. And then all I found out was that there were definitely no animals. That was especially important to me, said a student uh, who named Sophie Schult. Again, 29. That might actually give a little bit of okay, so <laughs> context maybe. because it's a, a youngish uh, yeah, person. Yeah, they have other ages uh, elsewhere in the article. Yeah. So previous visits to the circus with her family I had left a bad impression with Schult. I always saw the narrow cages where the animals were all kept. That is basically animal cruelty, she said during the intermission. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. Um, there are several other um, quotes in this article, so go and check them out here. Let me throw it all into the um, into the chat. So there's the three that I'm behind, well, two that I'm behind. Um, but let's keep on going. I think this is interesting. I, I think that now is the time to convert uh, things that used to be born of animals, entertainment that was born of animals, uh, over to holograms. I would buy into it, uh, but I actually love the idea of a tech-based zoo <laughs> um, where no animals are being harmed and they are uh, absolutely realistic to um what the animal would do in the ring um you know i don't want it all synthesized and it's sitting there walking on beach balls and stuff like that um and and doing all the these tricks right right it should be somewhat i mean it should be entertaining Natural. i suppose but also realistic yeah um but i also to me i think animals should be animals and when they're not any and when they're not animals anymore that is tantamount to abuse i'm not really particularly fond of zoos but it's the only time that a, a controlled environment can exist where people can learn about said animals at, closer up 
um, and conservation yeah. takes place within yeah, sanctuaries. Yeah, I was going to say it promotes conservation because the public then care about animals that yeah. they've seen, but also zoos are some of the locations that are actually keeping certain animal populations alive and healthy because yeah. of their, um, you know, breeding programs and everything. Yep. Um, so it says here that, uh, designing the visual illusion was a technical challenge as the circus seats its audience in a circle, unlike a theater where the public sits in the front of the stage using 11 cameras arranged on the ceiling of the big top around the ring. The high resolution images are projected onto a, a fine mesh netting that surrounds the uh, performance space. When the lights go down, the netting becomes almost invisible, but the images pop out. Um, while living animals gave a thrill, the new technology also makes it possible for Rancali to do something unexpected. Wherever you can imagine, <clears throat> it can be created by an animator, by a graphic designer, and then it can also be shown up in a circus show, said Tony Mooner, uh, the technical director of the circus. See, and that's where I kind of go, ah, now they're fictionalizing the actual real world experience to make it more fantastical well then it's no longer a, a an animal circus it's just an entertainment show and and you can do whatever you want with it's it or so, like acrobatics or something yeah and then then it becomes then it becomes uh hello z welcome to the show um good to see you here um then it becomes more like a festival kind of atmosphere and stuff like that. Um, and, and more fictional and fantastic and, and a different kind of fun. Um, but I think anything that actually promotes education, um, and understanding, compassion, caring about the world, you know, that's always good. Um, yeah. So let's see. What do you think? Well, I like it, and it seems like it's it's interesting because we were commenting on the ages in the article, but it seems like maybe it's drawing a new generation to this more eco-friendly uh, version of the circus. Yeah, I don't... Did they mention anything about children in this? I don't think so. No, uh, the youngest person they talked about was, I think, the 29-year-old. Yeah. I'd be curious if pardon the pun children see right through it and don't really embrace it but even this 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 picture but shows remember, something they may not know anything otherwise yeah well yeah if you don't know <laughs> like if they've never seen a live animal circus and if their parents are won over maybe yep. they'll take them to this and this becomes the new thing yeah there's the n nurture part of it um so if people buy into it then it's all good so this would be, I really want to see this now. So maybe I'll, I'll do a deeper dive and, and look into this. Um, because I've, I had done some research in using this type of technology for um, a monitor instead of using an actual monitor, you know, glass and plastic and whatnot. It would basically be a, a hologram sitting in front of me. Um, uh, but I never finished that project. It was just the education phase of it. So this is pretty neat. And maybe more of this will come into fruition as time goes on. 
Let's keep going. So yeah, Z, welcome. I hope uh, you're having a good time. Um, don't be a stranger. Feel free to ask questions or make comments. The uh, next article is over in Hometown Daily. Cash-strapped New Yorkers are doing the unthinkable, moving to New Jer- uh, to Jersey City. Sorry. Um, so Staten Island ferry sails past the skyline of Jersey City, New Jersey, and uh, the Statue of Liberty as the sun sets. Uh, on August 19th, 2023 in New York City. That is what this image is that we're about to see. But instead of flying, uh, <laughs> being ferried over to New York, you're actually going the other direction over to New Jersey. <laughs> um, I actually know a few people that have moved to New Jersey um, from uh, New York and Manhattan because of the costs. Um So New Yorkers are fed up with tough housing market, are making the pilgrimage to Jersey City. While Jersey City used to be a a New York taboo, it's now booming and even cool. So let's go over to businessinsider.com. Juliana Kaplan and Noah Scheidlower are the uh, authors of this. And there's the, the Staten Island Ferry. Doesn't that, isn't that owned? Or am I mistaken? Wasn't that owned by the person from SNL? Yeah, not just the per, not just one person from SNL, but the um, the other guy from the Late Show. I forgot their names. Pete Donaldson um, and somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's this one in particular, and you know the one that's called the Staten Island Ferry, but I think it's a Staten Island Ferry. I think there's more than one, but they bought like the last one. Because I don't know what they're doing now. I thought they either upgraded or changed or something like that. And these are the old school ones that they own. They own one of them. Um, so Chelsea Vaughn was getting desperate. She needed to move out of her Brooklyn apartment ASAP and was scouring the internet for a new spot. Little did she know that the answer to her housing conundrum wasn't Brooklyn, Manhattan, or even Queens. The key to the puzzle was Jersey City. Colin Jost. Z says Colin Jost. That I believe and that's I'm correct. And I'm sorry. That's correct, and it's actually Pete Davidson. I think I said the wrong last name. Uh, you might have said Donaldson. Pete Davidson. Yeah. So Colin Jost and, and Pete Davidson purchased the A Staten Island Ferry. And I think it was the it's, last. It's the. It's the same one. It is? But it can't be that. It was a decommissioned. Yeah. Um, Staten I don't Island. know. Yeah, yeah. And Paul Italia was involved in that? Really? Huh. I don't remember that name ever being mentioned in the discussion between uh, Jost and Davidson. Pete Davidson was on and they were talking about how they decided. Uh, I think it was Davidson that actually pulled Colin Jost into it and said, hey, let's buy a. <laughs> oh, according to the almighty Google. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it might be powered by chat GPT, so it's nothing but BS. Um, but I I trust that it's correct. They bought it for $280,000, which feels cheap. Yeah, that does seem inexpensive for what it is. <laughs> now I don't know what they're doing with it uh, because it kind of fell out of the news loop. You know, um, I wonder if it's actually being used 
So Vaughn, a 31-year-old model, content creator, and podcaster, had bounced between cheap rooms in Brooklyn and Harlem for eight years, living the walk-up, pre-war building, no-laundry lifestyle. Um, but those apartments are getting pricier and harder to find. Her old landlord rented her Bushwick spot for over $1,000 more than she paid. We have talked about our uh, rentals that are $4,000 for like 216 square feet in a bathroom across somebody else's apartment. So uh, people are just moving over uh, out of New York and over to New Jersey. Um, and then apparently they said that they fell in love with where they are now. A new apartment with a washer and dryer, dishwasher, and two pools in the building was the cherry on top and had a train into uh, New York. So there you go. Uh, look at that. You got to move away from the population centers when it gets so expensive. I still think that the reason why things are so expensive is from the 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 source is the raw materials the 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 concentration of ownership of raw materials has allowed the price to be raised because there's not enough competition at that level and that causes a knock-on effect of everybody having to charge more and on top of that actually pushing the thing that the concept of the uh, bulk rate so if you have a thousand customers and you're charging twenty dollars for something you're making twenty thousand dollars but if you charge somebody thirty five dollars for something and you only lose two percent of your customers you're going to come out on the other side making more money so you push the limit of what somebody's willing to pay until they hit what's called the bulk rate, where they go somewhere else. They just say, I'm done with this, and they go somewhere else. They literally bulk. Um, it's kind of in business school economics kind of discussions, it's all about waiting in a line until they're tired of being in that line. Um, I apply it to things like supply and dem demand basics. Um, so here the rates are through the roof but the people that are renting these things through the roof are still making gobs of money because they've owned this property for years and years and years the mortgage or the whatever is already paid for it so now everything that they rent even higher it's juice it's 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 more juice for that squeeze so it doesn't matter to the landlord. They'll charge until they just can't get somebody to rent it within a couple of weeks. Um, and until that point comes, the rates will continue to go up. Good luck. Uh, but people, some people really want to be in New York and, and not have to travel. But it's a trade-off, you know. If you can work from home, then you don't need to be in New York. But if you have to be in That's New York... True. Um, it's it's a real bummer. Um, so it says as New York City uh, gets pricier, Jersey City has become more attractive option for those looking for bigger spaces and easy commutes. But the boom has a double-edged sword. The last 10 years in Jersey City have marked a renaissance really like no other. Fulop, uh, Fulop said, sorry, Fulop. Um, 
At the same time, the influx of new developments has contributed to rising rents and displacement of lower and middle class residents, especially in a city with diverse working class neighborhoods. This will continue to happen. Um, meanwhile, everybody's really bent out of shape about not in my backyard, don't develop further urban sprawl, etc. Well, <laughs> developers will develop and buyers will buy if it makes economic sense for both parties to do so. And when it's astronomically expensive to develop in New York or around the perimeter of New York, uh, Manhattan, I should say, um, and it gets cheaper as you move away from the city center, unless the city center is a hostile type of environment where you can't go to the inner city without being accosted. Um, but that's not really how it happens in New York. It's pretty well blended. Um, but as you move away, houses get bigger, properties get bigger, the price drops. Why? It's because all that wealth has been pushed into the big city because there used to be a day in an age where you had to go into an office to work. That's all gone. Now we can spread our wings and move further out. So spread your wings, folks. Um, did you want to add anything to this? Uh, two things. One of the few benefits of the pandemic was the push uh, to things that made more sense, weren't necessarily as pricey, et cetera. We saw a lot of movement of people in and out of cities depending on what phase it was in so that was interesting and then secondly it noticed it it mentioned in the article that this was the second uh market for rental rates so i think i'm sure it's way behind new york because new york is just astronomical in the u.s but it's going to be interesting to see if jersey city ends up being essentially equivalent to new york well, it probably will end up that way because the next article or the next uh, paragraph says that between January and August, rent went up 15%. It's an untenable position, but the people who own the property, again, they're the ones that are at the raw material source of this. They will keep on raising costs or prices until there's no money on the table, which to me, if everybody has money on the table still, that's called personal growth but what everybody else says it's bad business you know you have to step on their neck and take their entire wallet not just enough not just enough meanwhile there's a whole cohort of people out there that are saying that's enough and then they get accused of empowering urban sprawl because they buy something outside you know the more urban uh, city uh, perimeter so uh, <clears throat> at some point, um, there's going to be an inflection because the, the greed's going to get to the, the height where nobody's going to buy anymore. We're just going to stagnate where we are. Um, but I know from experience that uh, a landlord will keep on raising the rates until you move out because they want somebody else to move in that has deeper pockets. And since you've been paying the mortgage for uh, at least a year, um, they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> They've been making money um, and, and it's not going to a mortgage. So if they push you out because they've been raising the rates, too bad. Get out, poor. 
Go find something else to live in. Okay, let's keep on moving. Still. The uh, next article is over in Hometown Daily. A second Nikola Electric uh, semi-truck caught fire during tests to determine the cause of another blaze. Um, this one I titled uh, Nikola EV Semi Doubles as a Barbecue. Um, so the uh, article's over in Business Insider. Geoda Mann is the author of this article. It, this is not a, a Tesla truck, by the way, just to make it abundantly clear. It's a company called Nikola. Um, so, <laughs> so are you saying that Tesla is not uniquely situated in terms of catching on fire? Uh, no, there's competition. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> the way that this went down was they were investigating why a previous truck caught fire and while they were testing how it happened or what would have been the cause of it, it, it caught fire. Um, so I guess they confirmed their hypotheses. Um, but this is actually on the heels or I guess on the bumper of previous uh, vehicle fires that involved Nikola. Nikola recalled about 209 trucks and suspended sales following the two battery fires in June. Um, they basically caught fire, arguably. They don't know without a doubt that this is what caused it. But basically, um, the cooling system failed or something involving the cooling system caused it to catch fire. And lithium ion batteries don't really do well um, when uh, they short out. So they basically just catch on fire and explode. Um, not violently. They, they swell, pop, and then act like a flamethrower. Um, in the first fire, uh, a TRE... <laughs> that doesn't sound very mild. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not explosive, um, in that sense. Uh, at least the, the, the lithium battery fires that I have witnessed, um, weren't explosive, not like a butane fire or a propane fire or gas fires in containers, you know? Um, so, yeah, propane uh, fires like to you know, melt the highway or do things like that. Z says not violently, just enough to melt someone's face off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why they don't, uh, with this hurricane that uh, came and went, and now there's another one that might um, still hit. Uh, they're telling people in Florida to move their cars out of their garage because if the, a flood happens and the car gets inundated, an EV is likely to catch fire because it isn't it doesn't do well in salt water, um, which was, again, pardon the pun, shocking to hear that it's a known issue, and yet EVs are being sold in areas where a flood can occur or the fact that a car can, if you lose control of your car and end up in something associated to salt water, salt water adjacent, all water is conductive, but apparently salt water in particular is, okay, wait, let me strike that. Not all water is conductive. You can get purified water that doesn't conduct electricity, but salt like water, natural water. Well, no, natural water has impurities and it is conductive. Um, but you can get purified water that removes all the impurities 
and if your electronics have had all of the microparticles um, chemically washed away using something like um, alcohol, you could actually put electronics in water and liquid cool them that way. Um, but what happens is particles flake off and then create um, impurities in the water and it causes a short. Anyway, um, you can just see your face, how much you enjoy your own puns and it makes them better. Oh, thank you, Z. <laughs> <laughs> that is so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, you, you might be able to spot them when they appear in my head because I start smiling. Um, but not everybody gets them. I actually, there's a person in my life that um, does not understand me. Like they just do not understand me yet. The world around me understands my humor and <laughs> I want more of that. I want more people um, surrounding me that <laughs> don't seem to be accosted by my humor. Anyway, um, shouldn't even be talking about it. Um, so it comes after two battery fires on its truck in June that prompted the company to recall about 209 trucks. Um, so their shares have fallen 55%, 55% since the August recall and closed on Friday at 88 cents. Man, that is not good business. That's not, that is not going to be good. So, um, Steve Gursky, who took over as CEO after Michael Loescheller stepped down in August 31st, is set to speak. I don't think that they should call it this. A fireside chat with investors on Wednesday, considering the nature of... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, maybe they'll do it on the site formerly known as Twitter, since it, too, is a dumpster fire. All right. You know, AI, you can't just send me error messages. You, you have to, <laughs> you have to say something. Let's keep going. Hundreds of episodes. And I still have to tell you that <laughs> nobody hears you when you just send me an error message and the visualizer isn't in the podcast. <laughs> well, that is true. So this next article is over in the technology today channel. Uh, Silicon Valley's quest to live forever now includes $2,500 full body MRIs. So this is actually becoming more in vogue and um, almost meme level now getting full body MRIs because a Kardashian, I think it was, touted the benefits of this. Um, but these are not typically covered by insurance. Um and so at twenty-five dollars or $3,500, unless you are very wealthy, um, this isn't chump change to just go throwing around. And their well, MRIs don't pick up everything either. Like sometimes CT scans or other things might be better depending on what it is. So, yeah. So these full bodies, though, are designed so that you get some rough estimate of what might be going on some malady the fine detail of it is increasing as time goes on um uh, this was the technology that i was using uh, when i started doing research into the idea of using uh, fmris as polygraph machines um and 
at the time, again, this is a long time ago. The technology just wasn't there. Nowadays, it's the resolution is so high that you could probably um, use it. I know that it's still being used in that research, but um, this is almost speaking to nothing but celebrities and, and the ultra rich, um, which obviously they don't have to worry about insurance, <laughs> although they might utilize it as a tax haven. But um, so the article is actually over at the Washington Post. Proponents of Prenuvo scans argue that they um, should become as routine as a mammogram or colonoscopy. Uh, celebrities and venture capitalists are flocking to a growing number of clinics and flooding social media with chic scan pics. Hey, you want to see my colon? That kind of thing, which is completely different when it's an MRI versus an OnlyFans. Elizabeth Duskin is the, or Dwoskin, maybe Dwoskin, yeah, um, is the author of this article. And uh, it's actually a pretty short article. Yeah, sorry about that, Z. <laughs> um, so uh, it says, but in spring 2021, she learned about Pernova, a boutique clinic offering full body MRI. While MRIs are typically used to diagnose a particular problem, Pernuvo touts the service as a, a routine preventative measure like a colonoscopy or mammogram. Um, so she got it on her 50th birthday. And honestly, if it would have some redeeming value and catch something in a, the predominant number of times that somebody gets scanned or a population you know, per capita gets scanned, um, then I would totally buy into it. Um, but at you know, 25, I heard $3,500, but this says $2,500. Um, I can see this being something that someone who want, because so many people are touting it, somebody will go into great debt to get one of these done and it will be nebulous at best, you know? Well, and worse, it might be negative, but it might not pick up something. Yeah, a false sense of security because it didn't actually pick up whatever might be the true malady. Um, all because this rather bespoke uh, solution, it, it, it's just too expensive for the everyday person. Um, but I do agree with one thing in the article, although hmm. it's self, it's... Um... Uh, self-perpetuating that's not what i'm trying to say but i do agree that things like this need to be accessible to everyone sure yeah. um so that yes i agree but not at the current pricing and of course not covered by insurance like insurance isn't focused on enough preventative it's focused more on right after the fact yeah yeah and for uh, there are times where insurance is just tremendous and it does its job and does its job well. But I think the predominant number of um, issues with insurance is that they treat the symptoms and they don't try to be preventative in any other way than to say, well, you're overweight, uh, lose weight or um, you're unhealthy, go run which brought out the beast in that guy that um, was on NPR this weekend who started the, what's it called? Slow AF, Slow running, AF club? run club. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're a runner or want to be a runner, there's a, a book out there now. NPR did a, uh, a, a little uh, segment. I can't remember the guy's name, but um, it, he started. Martinez, a, but I forgot his last name. Yeah. The, yeah. Just look up um, Slow AF Run Running Club or Runner's Club and um, very um, all-inclusive kind of open arms embracing of anybody who wants to run. Um, and there's like a, I think there's a discord and other, uh, venues for everybody to get together. He's trying to get to a million people. He's at 20,000. I think it is. So uphill climb, maybe he'll go viral. Anyway, let's keep on going. I, this is a really short article, but I kind of just dragged it out with other stuff. So (laughs) it's all connected folks. We're all connected. Um, this one will be quick. Uh, the Dune Spice Wars, uh, game launches this week. It's over at uh, PCGamer.com. Jonathan Bolding is the author. Uh, Dune Spice Wars, which is, it's billed as a hybrid 4X RTS set in Frank Herbert's universe of Dune. I love everything about Dune. The movies, the new movies that are coming out uh, about Dune are going to be spectacular, but they've been kicked to, I think, 2025. 2024, I think. The second one is 2024 still. I thought it got. Pushed. I believe so, but it might be like late 2024. Yeah, it all sucks. Um, I mean, I love the idea. Well, this this 4x thing is all about. It's very complex and and has um, a lot of depth for the management capabilities of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. But uh, the 1.0 release uh, is coming soon this week. Um. I don't want to get into all of this because um, when it actually comes out, we'll end up talking about it again. But uh, Dune is just this awesome world experience, world building experience. Um, Dune Spice Wars is on Steam right now, 30 bucks. And uh, you should go and check it out. Is anybody even talking? There's an ad for Diablo 4 bug fix to give barbarians something. And I, nobody even talks about Diablo 4 anymore. So I'm going to move on. That's because they all hit level 50 at least. Yeah. And then it's just grindy, grindy, grindy. All right. Uh, the next article is over in um, Smack Talk because it's about Apple. Apple may discontinue silicone uh, iPhone cases in eco-friendly push. Um, I figured that this would be one of the the last to go, not one of the first to go. Maybe that's just me. Um, because the the ecosystem around Apple really relies on plastic all over the place. For them to nix um, silicone is odd. Um, one second. So ZS was Starfield everything you'd hoped it would be. Yes, um, but I couldn't dedicate enough time to it to stream it regularly um, because everything that I do in hometown and outside of hometown, I, I just couldn't uh, stream it often enough. So I play it periodically, um, but it's not even I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to stream it for an hour and then get pulled away and stuff like that. So um, I will return to uh, streaming uh, large blocks of hours. Um, 
So yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I still play it. I can't wait for Starfield to be um, multiplayer though. It really does need um, a mod to be multiplayer. But anyway, um, so uh, Apple may discontinue its silicone uh, iPhone cases, but I think the ecosystem so what around. What are they going to make it from? I mean. So let's find out. Um, so Malcolm Owen over at appleinsider.com put the article together. It says rumors throughout August put forward the idea that Apple will be making a conscious decision to get rid of all of the leather-based accessories in favor of fine woven versions, starting with items made for the iPhone 15 generation of it, uh, devices. So I'm not sure what they're going to be making it from because I haven't looked into this. I, I really kind of go dark in anticipation for Apple's product launch. Um, that's coming uh, soon. So according to leaker Kosutami, speaking to Mac rumors on Sunday, Apple plans to switch out silicone in favor of another material that's better for the environment. Such a move would impact a wide range of products, including iPhone cases, Apple uh, Watch Sport Band, Solo Loop, uh, and the AirTag Loop, among others. The change wouldn't be happening anytime soon, the leaker reckons. But that would take place as a gradual transition over time. So I'm not sure what they're going to be using. It says the move, as well as the leather-related changes, are part of an attempt for our by Apple to shift into more environmentally friendly products, something that's lacking with the current accessory lineup. Um, let me pause this here. It says, uh, while iPhones and other devices can be recycled or used um, recycled um, aluminum, for example, accessories like silicone rubber ca iPhone cases are not made using recycled materials at all. The heat resistant properties of fluoroelastomer and other materials that are usually fused together also make it hard to recycle the cases in the first place. So um, it is a rumor. Who knows if it's actually going to go into effect. Um, but I'm not sure what they would do. What other material they might have something that they can um, fabricate um, and see. But I, I just don't know what has the resilience and flexibility of um, well, silicone. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's a reason everybody's using materials that we can't seem to find an alternative to because they do a lot of things that we need them to do. I'm not... Yep promoting that we use more plastic but yep um and one of the things that i haven't seen any research on is if silicone does the same thing that hard plastics do flexible plastics do um silicone may not have the same effect that microplastics have um simply because of the very nature of silicone um so we'll see. We'll we'll watch this, and uh, maybe I can uh, do some noodling around to see uh, what might be coming in exchange of silicone. I have a hard time imagining anything because I don't know of any materials that that can match the flexibility. And I don't mean flexibility in you know the elastomer aspect of <laughs> silicone. I'm talking about the ability for it to do pretty much everything um, in lieu of plastic. You know, you can get rid of plastic dishes and, and use silicone dishes. You can 
have a silicone case and not a hard plastic case. You can make gloves out of silicone and pick stuff up. Um, it's there's a whole bunch of stuff that can be used, um, or I should be dumped by switching over to silicone, let alone replacing silicone. I don't know. I feel like bamboo is going to be used. It, it seems to be. I could see that, but I could see that becoming a bigger problem. Bamboo and hemp. Um, like, I don't think there's a, a thriving population of bamboo. I mean, I thought that was a problem for the panda habitat. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting observation. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. So I don't want to start a rumor. Yeah. I mean, uh, bamboo is grows like a, a weed. Um, like, it does. But Apple uses a lot of whatever it needs, right? And yeah. I mean, it's such a large company. so. Yeah. So it may not be able to scale like that. Huh. Guess we'll have to watch. And we will. So let's keep going. The next article is over in the Mobile Channel. Federal railroad inspectors find alarming number of defects on Union Pacific um, track this summer. Federal inspectors said they found an alarming number of defects in the locomotives and rail cars Union Pacific was using at the world's largest rail yard in western Nebraska this summer, and the railroad was reluctant to fix the problems. Yeah, because they got to make their margins. Josh Funk, AP business writer, wrote this, and it's posted by uh, Quartz at QZ.com. You know what? I haven't been putting any of the articles into the chat, so I'm I think you put the first two, maybe. Um, I put one, two, three. <laughs> so when I'm done with this, I'll go and I, I've got another article at the end here, and then I'll go back and I'll add all of these to the show notes. Or I should say to the stream at the very bottom. Sorry about that. I know. Shame. Shame. Z. I I feel a finger being pointed at me. Shame. Wagged at me. Shame. Shame. Um, I don't know what happened. I was like all over it at the very beginning. And then I, I must have climbed really high on a soapbox and forgot where my mouse was. Um. <laughs> So federal rain and, uh, <clears throat> railroad inspectors find an alarming number of defects on Union Pacific this summer. Um, let's see. It says significant risk to rail safety on the Pacific Union Pacific Railroad. Um, that's what the Federal Railroad Administrator Amit Bose wrote a letter to um, Union Pacific's top three executives Friday expressing concern that the, the defects uh, represent so Bose said that 19.93% defect rate on rail cars and the 72.69% rate for locomotives that inspectors found in July and August are both twice the national average. That still seems high, even if it's half that. Yeah, 72.69%. Is twice the average. So what, 35% is the average? That seems extremely high that there's defects on locomotives and 10% is the average on rail cars. So if out of every hundred cars, there's one that has a defect, but that seems way too high. What is the defect? You know, bad paint job or well, right. one of the there's wheels flies off. Matters. Right. <laughs> Context folks. 
the compliance of the rolling stock freight cars and locomotives on the Union it says up. The Union Pacific network is poor and Union Pacific was unwilling or unable to take steps to improve the condition of their equipment. Come on, folks. I thought this was about Youpers, but it's the wrong area of the country. Not Youpers. Um, let's see. Union Pacific will never compromise on the safety of our employees, except when they choose to, because, you know, we already have evidence. Um, safety is always our fi- first priority, except for maybe a flaw not being detected. You know, there were people that were complaining about audits not being done. And people being overworked, this isn't about safety, folks. This is about profit margins. And and when you have investors that demand more, ever more, constantly more, every quarter, 10% higher, it's an untenable position to always demand 10% growth, 10% growth. That's like the average request you know 10 percent growth hand over fist always moving forward it's an untenable position um so z says we won't compromise except when we do correct and we've investigated ourselves and (laughs) found us point (laughs) we've we've investigated ourselves and found us guilty of no wrongdoing um so Uh, The layoffs that UP announced late last month came after the FRA wrapped up its inspection and they represent a tiny fraction of the railroad's uh, workforce that numbers more than 30,000. Well, that's really great. But the reason why you're firing people is because you're trying to keep your margins high enough so that even if you have to spend money to keep everybody safe, You'd rather fire people than get a smaller margin of profit. It, and let's look at the books, you know. I'm going to have to go and pull books. If they have public numbers, which I haven't looked at since probably early this year, um, all of these companies that are complaining about the cost of stuff and having to let people go and all of this, record freaking profits for the last three years. So you can't tell me that, and prices are going up, folks. All across the board, the profit uh, profits are going up, prices are going up, margins are going up, except for small businesses. Small businesses are getting buried, and, and that ends up consolidating power, influence, and capabilities within the people who survive this attrition. Um, but the knock-on effect is you lose competition, you lose... Uh, variability you basically lose customer service uh, support features etc the the consumer loses um, when big business survives attrition so they fire a bunch of people extend their runway or railway and and then um they go well you know it's too expensive and we never compromise security well you just fired x number of people so that you supposedly could fix the problem but you're not fixing the problem because look what we just found you know this what's summer. expensive train derailments no in it addition only... to loss of human life yeah. uh harming the environment uh yeah. 
Now, the business will roll on and it's only hurting the pores. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The water's fine. Drink. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. You can you can drink it. Here, CEO, here's a glass. Oh no, I'm not thirsty. No, thank you. I'm I've I'm full. I'm like up to here with water already. I'm a hydro. Sorry, that reminded me of the Fukushima um <laughs> Oh yeah, they were eating uh, fish. People drinking the water. Yeah. Or eating the fish. That's yeah, cool. they were they were eating sushi from the shores outside Fukushima because it was uh, it's all OK. It's all OK. Yeah. You know, right here and now it might be OK for you to eat it. But then when you grow an arm out of the small of your back, I don't think that's really OK there, buddy. Worst uh, Marvel superhero ever. Fukushima man. Okay, well, the last article for tonight is over in the Mobile Channel. Billion light year wide bubble of galaxies discovered. Hey, look, the simulation. We're able to look at another bubble of simulation. Yep. Yep, there you go. So the article is over in fizz.org. Pierre uh, Selly. I don't know if it's Collier. Celerier. Celerier? Celerier. I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I wish i wish you uh, could see the error messages that the ai is throwing at me just kind of telling me just keep going just steam right on through there marijuana <laughs> just steam right on through there uh, z says the, that they needed a third arm anyway that's true you know carry some more bags from the car that kind of thing um, the bubble spans a billion light years, making it 10,000 times wider than the Milky Way galaxy. Yet this giant bubble, which cannot be seen by the naked eye, is relatively close at 820 million light years away from our home galaxy in what, in what astronomers call the nearby universe. By the way, the simulation is designed so that we can never leave our solar system. 50% more productive. Yes very true and nobody can sneak up on you um if you have that third arm growing out of the small of your back it makes it easier to get out of a chair all kinds of stuff oh never mind um anyway so he theorized that in the primordial universe uh, then a stew of hot plasma flaming hot plasma the Churning of gravity and radiation created sound waves called baryon acoustic oscillations. And Star Trek Voyager appears. Um, anyway, around 380,000 years after the Big Bang, the process stopped as the universe cooled down, freezing the shape of the bubbles. The bubbles then grew larger as the universe expanded, similar to other fossilized remnants of the time after the Big Bang. Astronomers previously detected signals of BAOs, baryon acoustic oscillations in 2005 when looking at data from nearby galaxies says it was unexpected uh the name uh Ho'oli-lana. Ho'oli-lana. man i am just butchering names today sent murmurs of awakening taking the name from the hawaiian creation chant the name came from the study leads author Brent Tully, an astronomer at the University of Hawaii. 
The bubble was discovered by chance as part of Tully's work searching through new catalogs of galaxies. Said it was something unexpected. And all I think of is the Big Bang Theory. Because we're re-watching yeah. the Big Bang Theory. And um, a lot of people don't like it for whatever reason. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it's a fun watch. <laughs> um, but I picture this kind of thing. Um, so it may be the first, but more bubbles could soon be spotted across the universe. Now that they know what they're looking for, they could probably find them easier. That's pretty typical of things. Once you know what to look for, you start seeing it. Um, ta-da! But I think it's really interesting here. I'll show you the re representation of what this bubble looks like. So, so what's the general scale of this? A billion light years across. Bigger than the Milky Way. That's kind of hard to um, yeah. picture. Yeah. Um, and th th what if you look at the, the little stew here, what, what you're seeing, these blue little blobs, those are actually blobs of condensed, um, not universes, but um, galaxies. So where it's really dark, there are no stars. Um, and these are the little conduits where it all got blown out from the Big Bang and with its physics wrapped this way and wrapped that way and gravitational forces pulled it in some direction, whatever. Um, but right here was either a, an, a, what they refer to as a baryon acoustic shock wave. Um, creating this little sphere and inside is either less material in certain places, but towards its innards, there's nothing there. It's a bobble of material with a definitive edge to it. So how they spot this kind of stuff. And it's just kind of amazing that there are people out there that have dedicated their entire existence to this type of material. Well, and all the telescopes and everything are getting more powerful. And so yeah. I guess we'll just continue to make additional discoveries, which is really cool. Yep. Yeah. I dig this stuff. Um, a long time ago doing this show at the beginning, when I first launched it, I was really interested in astrophotography um, to begin with. Um, but I had always had this, um, statement that was said to me way back, way, 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 way back, um, which was, don't worry, all the stars will stay there. If you don't want to invest in astrophotography today, you can pretty much pick it up anytime and see the same thing <laughs> that everybody else has seen, except that that really hasn't been true because as the years have worn on, this has never been seen until now, right? This right, might be exactly. the artist's so depiction. If you get in at any time, you might be the one who makes the discovery of <laughs> that, something. Yeah. You finally, you're the one in your backyard with an eight inch telescope um, and a beer can. <laughs> you discover some great physics. Pretty amazing. Anyway, okay. So, with that in mind, we are done for today. Um, 
I have to go through this real quick and throw all of the articles into the chat. Um, although, um, I, I've never asked if anybody actually follows the links, um, from the, from the VOD. Um, I know that people are watching the VODs. I know that people are, uh, using the links, um, from the show notes but I have no idea if anybody cares that they're in the VODs unless you're in um, chat. Um, and then periodically I get people that say, dude, you are a horrible mayor. Um, and then I throw all the <laughs> articles into the <laughs> chat. So there they go. Okay. And so now they're all there. Um, and we are done for the night. So I always bring everybody back to, the welcome sign and main street and we hit refresh and get a whole bunch more of uh, articles um wow there's a lot front in continuity report hmm. it's all reality tv kind of stuff by well, the way that's all we're getting because of all the strikes yeah yeah i think this might be the uh resurrection of reality tv to a whole new, uh, like a level, uh, another higher consciousness level. Um, this is going to be insane. Just what we needed. <laughs> I like to say it this way, by the way. Hermes removes all Apple Watches and bands from its website ahead of Wanderlust event. Hermes. You have to say, whenever you say that name, you have to say it. Either just butcher it one way. Hermes, or you go Hermes, and you have to kind of flourish when you do it. So um, okay, well, let's this see. This one's interesting. The paralyzed woman who couldn't speak, and now she can think, and AI will, I guess, speak for her. Yeah, we'll throw that one into the um, show for tomorrow. Um, this I might actually have already seen. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Um, there obviously there's more than one paralyzed woman out there that may have been. Right. We had seen another story along a similar line. The other yeah. thing that's interesting here is the digital afterlife. I don't think we've spoken about that before. Uh, yeah, this one says that, that they used a company to see what their digital afterlife would look like. Found a difficult, but cathartic experience to safeguard their online legacy. That'll be interesting. Um, I had a project many, many years ago that was basically um, something that would be in perpetuity um, after you shuffle off this mortal mortal coil um, as a, a business endeavor. It was uh, interesting to see, get feedback from people about it. Um, anyway, there's quite a bit of news out there so be sure to swing by hometown.com check it all out become a citizen then go over to youtube and follow us over there and and uh download the podcast leave a comment that would be awesome um and that's it you got a whole lot of episodes evergreen wise it's more of like a historical record of day every day of uh hometown's existence which is basically the, the nexus point for all news out there. 
Um, all the news, none of the noise. You don't get a lot of stuff that you have to filter through so much as, um, you know, news and not news. So if you're interested in news, that's more consolidated. Hometown is where you want to be. So thank you very much for hanging out. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much, Z. You have a good night, day, time zone. Yeah, they're it's like magnets. I don't know how they work. So you're awesome and uh, hope to see you later. That said, I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that keeps me out of trouble, but probably not. <laughs> I haven't succeeded yet. Um, good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. Bye-bye.